Hey, I know. I'll use my trusty frying pan as a drying pan. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Out of the Drawing Pan, a Pokemon the Series podcast, where each week we discuss two episodes from the Pokemon anime and also discuss whatever else comes to our minds. Just a quick reminder, we are an E for explicit podcast, so listener discretion is advised. And I'm your host, Jacob, and I'm here with my co-host, Alex. Hello, everybody. This past week has been crazy, crazy, and I can't wait to talk about it. Oh, I'm excited to hear about it. I really, really am. And we're also here with our other co-host, Austin. Hey, everyone. I'm not sure how I'm going to be able to have a happy outlook during these trying times. I mean, we've gone through a huge tragedy this past week, and I'm just beside myself in grief and mourning. I am talking, of course, of the casting of Chris Pratt as the voice of Mario. Oh, my Quite. It's just, how do we move forward as a society from this? I'm not sure, but we're going to get into it later. So, Austin, you obviously have some problems with Chris Pratt being cast, and I guess we can go ahead and start talking about that with our Week Talk segment, W-E-A-K, Week Talk segment. But, of course, this week it actually sounds like we're not... We have a lot to say compared to usually. So, Austin, (laughs) I'm going to let you kick it off. No! (laughs) I'm joking. I'm joking, of course. Okay, that clip of him was was that, that was real after the announcement of him as Mario. My understanding is that was a clip he put on his Instagram after the announcement, and it's Chris Pratt saying in a deeper than usual Chris Pratt voice, "It's a me, Mario." No, 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 no. He says, "It's a me, a Mario." That's not even the goddamn catchphrase. But a Mario, like a singular Mario, it doesn't make any sense. He's taken over. He's going to be the only one left. There's going to be no more models. I'm not mistaken, right? <laughs> Mario's phrase is, it's a me, a Mario. Woo-hoo. Yeah, but does he say a Mario? I don't think he does. So long, Bowser. Yeah, exactly. It's pretty good. But the way Chris Pratt said it, he enunciates every word. So he's like, it's a me, a Mario. It was the worst thing I've ever heard. Okay. I don't even really. I've never. I haven't seen that clip. I was just going. <laughs> oh god! I was just Save going yourself. By. I was don't going watch by. it. It gives I you chills. I thought the Lego movies. <laughs> I thought the Lego movies were okay. Yeah, but... he's fine in those because he's playing okay. the role of Lego Chris Pratt, like hapless guy. Himself. Like, and also in that Onward movie, he's you know he's being frat bro douchebag. So Chris Pratt, and I, I don't know. Mario is so particular. I'm assuming that they're going with this is a very young Mario and Luigi and like we're focusing on their origins, I suppose. And so they're going for like a young sounding voice with Charlie Day and Chris Pratt. Oh, Charlie Day. Yeah, Charlie Day's Luigi. Have you not <laughs> seen awesome. this? <laughs> I haven't. I saw. I just saw everyone going berserk over Chris Pratt yeah. being because it's not live action, is it? No, it's not. We've already had a live-action Mario movie. Okay. I'm just saying, why not just use the original? But, okay. Uh, I mean... It's such a Bob mismatch. Hoskins. Oh, oh you mean Charles Martinet. Yeah. I thought you meant Bob Hoskins. <laughs> He's dead. <laughs> Whoever. RP. Okay, I do not own Mario. I do not have any sense of ownership of that media property. 
And I have ranted on this podcast before about people who get too possessive over intellectual properties that are corporate owned and they don't, you know, they get personal about it and not really their place to do so. So, you know, I, from my perspective, this appears to be a weird casting choice. I could very well be wrong and be eating egg off my face in the future. Uh, I don't know. It's just weird. It's, it's an odd choice. And it, it just seems so much like, oh, we need a big movie star to be our lead role. Chris Pratt, never mind thinking about the fact that Mario is probably more famous than Chris Pratt could ever be. <laughs> you know, maybe we're not giving him the benefit of the doubt. Like, maybe when he gets into it and he's actually in the recording booth doing his lines, it's going to be perfect. Maybe, hopefully, I hope so. If this is the reality we're in, I hope for the best. You never know. I pulled my ownership of Nintendo stock after the announcement, so <laughs> I was just very upset and disheartened by it. Yeah, but she goes with the rest of the cast. Me. Charlie Day is Luigi. That's awesome. I Love like it. that one. Um, Jack Black is Bowser. No. Is he really? Yeah. No way. You that? That's awesome. Oh, that's perfect. Okay. Uh, Donkey Kong is Seth Rogen, which I actually really like. That's a good... I like that Yeah, because he has the... I can see it. I can't even do a Seth Rogen laugh. Is James Franco Diddy? No, no James Franco. Oh. <laughs> I actually think Chris Pratt would make a good Diddy Kong. The, yeah, kind of that, that young, sense? energetic. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> actually, that is better. That is better. I guess because he's the big name guy, though. Uh, Fred Armisen is in it, and he's Cranky Kong. What is he from? He's the OG Donkey Kong. Oh, okay, okay, okay. That's clever. Oh, I like that. I'm trying to think. Anna Taylor-Joy from Queen's Gambit is Peach. All right. There's okay. a couple others I can't recall off the top of my head. So those are all pretty solid. Key. What's his name? Is it Michael? Michael Keaton? No. Not Michael Keaton. <laughs> I don't think I'm the guy that here. was in Key and Peel. Oh, yeah, yeah. I know you're talking about. Oh, my the God. Key guy. What is his name? Okay. Keegan Michael Key. He is Toad. Okay. <laughs> All right. Okay. Okay. Which I can I, actually I bet... see that. I actually got, I got something in my head that would actually go with that. Like, I think that would be Toad fine. a little snappy. <laughs> like, if he plays his character off the show, like the teacher character, oh, I would love that. Austin, give us your best Toad impression. Hello. Ah! <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, so, like, the cast is pretty good, but Mario, man, Mario. Okay, that's my week. That's just your biggest thing is Mario? Mario. Okay. Audience, leave us your thoughts and opinions on Chris Pratt being Mario in the comments. Let us know. <laughs> should we be outraged by this or should we be pleased with the selection? Only time will I would tell. love to be surprised. I would too. I hope he does well. Alex, you, you kind of hyped us up before the podcast with a lot to talk about. You want to share your what happened with your week with us? Well, yesterday was bonkers. So, <laughs> as Austin shakes his head. So, I went over to Austin's house yesterday because finally, after many, many long months, we completed an activity that we had planned, and that was making donut, well, making donut frosting out of the Marvel cookbook. And I thought it was going to go one way. It certainly looked one way in the book. It did not come out at all the way it's supposed to look in the book, but it wasn't disgusting. It was edible, so I, I guess that's a win. <laughs> so we made donut frosting. That was exciting. I saw a car accident, so that was also exciting, but not in the same way. I felt really bad for the guy. Is everyone okay, though? I th I don't know. I couldn't... I wasn't in a pl place where I could, like, 
easily stop so I could only observe it as it was happening in the intersection and it looked like the, the people were okay there wasn't any crazy injuries it wasn't like terrible accident but it was enough to go like oh my god an accident that was something I feel bad I hope that guy got the justice that he deserved because I think the person who hit him just kept driving so that was not good oh, so it was a hit and run yes and then they got rid of their license plate and threw it into a tree <laughs> yes and then Austin discovered a license plate in a tree next to his mailbox which I think it was because it's a stolen That was definitely plate. a stolen car, for sure. Yeah. Somebody's jacked that I, But thing. why would you put it in a tree? Because it's... Would it be more of a crime if you disposed of it in the garbage can? No. I don't know. I think littering makes it worse than it would be if you put it in the garbage can. Well, clearly they wanted somebody to find it because they stuck it in a tree. They were just bragging about they stole a car. Probably. probably. Alex thinks I should call the non-emergency line. I'm like, that's not my business. Don't say, don't tell. See something, say something. See nothing, say nothing. Okay. God, what else happened? There was something else. Um, Waffle House. Oh my God. <gasps> yes. The crowning achievement of this whole weekend was I went to Waffle House for the first time in over two years and it was magical. This was a celebration you were talking about? It was. I don't know. I think I've brought this up before that once I got the vaccine and I was fully vaccinated, so two weeks after the second shot, I was going to treat myself to Waffle House. And Austin and I went yesterday and it was everything I could ever, ever hope for and more. So finally, long awaited Waffle House trip. If you've never had Waffle House listeners, please make it a point to go and have Waffle House <laughs> because it's garbage food, but it's so it good. It made me sick. It, it, did, did you actually get sick? I was in the toilet for quite a while afterwards. Oh my! That's because <clears throat> you're just your body's not used to it. You have to reacclimate yourself. Yeah, that's not a good I don't, sign. I don't think uh, I don't think Austin's problem was from him not being used to the food. No, <laughs> I don't think it was. I think here's the funny thing about Waffle House: each one you go to is uniquely different. Yes, okay? it is. So you really never know. It's like the box of chocolates thing. You never know what you're gonna get. You may see them washing pans outside with the hose. You may see, you know, oh a raccoon in the dumpsters and attacking people for their food. But, I mean, it's... You know what? I will say that the two people working there were very nice. They are always nice. I will say that. I've never been to a mean Waffle House. I have one exception. There's one Waffle House with a mean person. Maybe they don't work there anymore. You don't know. Jacob, it's actually the Waffle House near your um, former workplace. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they Okay, I think I know who you're talking about there. Is she kind of just like, not, she's not like mean, but she just doesn't say anything and she grunts a lot? No, exact opposite. She won't shut up. Oh, okay. She's like mind. yelling and screaming. There's, but there's, <laughs> this lady's not mean. She's nice, but she just, she's compared to the other way. These are different people. <laughs> okay. This is not exclusive to Waffle House. I think that's anywhere, anywhere you go, you never know who you're going to encounter. Retail places, workplaces, it doesn't matter. There's all kinds of people. Yep. It was just very notable because it's very rare to find a mean Waffle House person. So that it's stuck true. in my mind. It's like a rare Pokemon. Yes, just like a rare Pokemon. <laughs> like the Farfetched in the Farfetched episode. But anyway, no, I think we had an overall good experience. It was pleasant. The people were nice. The line cook was really nice. He came over to say, hi, I didn't even see you guys come in. Welcome, all this. So overall, a great first back to Waffle House experience. Alex had a dance routine. 
I did. There, there was a mother in the, the booth next to us, and she would, like, kind of chant with her child. Oh. <laughs> um, say, yummy, 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 in my tummy, tummy, tummy. And every time she did it, Alex did a little jig. It was very catchy. And I was like, oh, my God, you're mortifying me. Stop. No, Alex was on the high of that Waffle House. She was very high. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was enjoying life. I was enjoying Waffle House. Don't bring me down. I'm here to center you. Are you going to go back there soon, that, Mom. Alex? Uh, yeah. Well, I don't know. I feel like I need to space it out. I can't, like, wear out all the Waffle House all at once and then get tired of it. I need to have self-control. Yes, you can get tired of it. I went back where I used to live. I went to the Waffle House so much that they knew my order before I walked in the door. They knew my car, wow. so I would pull up there, and they would start cooking my order before I even sat down. Oh, my God. Because I went there the exact same time every single morning on a Saturday, and when I pulled up, sometimes it'd be too crowded, and I couldn't go, but like 99% of the time, it was fine, and I, they were like, oh, we got your order already ready. I was like, all right. See, that's cool. That's how you become like a regular at a place, like in a movie or something. It really kind of felt like a bar, because it was like right near a truck stop, so we got to hear all these cool stories from truckers, you know? About their license Neat. plates being stolen and thrown in trees. <laughs> was, was but overall, it was exciting. I I was over the moon. Austin, maybe not so much. <laughs> he was under the... <laughs> he was under the toilet, but... <laughs> yeah. I, it was good. It was good. Well, I'm happy you had, a, you had a good week. It's the simple things, Jacob. It really is. It is. And speaking of simple things, I'll go into transition into my week. Mine's going to really hold up to the week portion. <laughs> the only thing that happened to me, that, there's two things that happened to me. First thing this week is I actually discovered that I like pears. I've never had a pear before. Hmm. Ever? Ever. Whoa. Ever had a pear. And the funny thing about this pear is I didn't realize that they were red. Some of them could be red. And it was really kind of short and stout, so I thought it was an apple. And so I bit into it, and I was like, oh, my God, this is great. Look at this apple here. It's fantastic. <laughs> And someone's like, oh, you just, oh, you ate the last pear. And I was like, that's a pear? Have you guys seen red pears before like that? It wasn't a hybrid thing. I worked in a grocery store, so yes. You have? Okay. I've only seen them yellow. I've never seen them like red. I thought it was a hybrid thing. I was like, is this like a pear apple or something going on here? Because I've seen those before. But anyway, I found out I like pears, so that's Mm -hmm. probably the highlight of my week. It's always nice to try new things. Good for you. It is. Yeah, I need to eat more fruits anyway. So then uh, the one thing that happened to me that was kind of bad was I found out my phone is almost completely useless now. Oh, you were just saying the other day how yeah. your phone was like yeah. invincible. I think I talked about, I may have talked about this on the podcast. I can't remember. But yeah, I do that mobile deposit thing for checks where you kind of like you sign the check, take a picture and turn it in so you don't have to go to the store. Mm. I can't do that anymore because my phone won't update to the new app thing. I can't play Pokemon oh. Go anymore. I tried to download Pokemon Unite to kind of see what that's like a mobile version. Couldn't do that. What else couldn't I do? I couldn't do. I couldn't get Outlook on my phone. I can't Jeez. do anything hardly it's on this time phone anymore. Has come. I know, but it's it's still going. I'm gonna still drag it on and see how far I can fight the power. They heard you the last time we talked about this about planned obsolescence, and we were discussing. And Austin was shocked. I'm still shocked. Your phone was still functioning they heard you and they're like oh damn the phone that eluded us okay we missed one jacob's phone yeah we missed <laughs> one. i guess they i shouldn't have spoke about it i guess they found me now because now they're targeting my phone i can't i can't do anything on anymore i can't i actually think that episode just went live 
if I'm not yeah, mistaken. I, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's funny. I think it was the one before this. I'm like 99% sure here. And I'm like, <laughs> they heard me. I'm telling you, they heard it before. I think they hear it now as I'm speaking. It's probably going to shut off on me in the middle of the podcast. Well, you know your phone listens. Yeah, I know. Well, that's that's a scary thing, too, is it, it listens to everything we say. And now, what is it? The gatekeepers at Apple heard me, and they're like, oh, we're shutting it off. That's it. Chip gone. They replaced your Apple with a red pear. That's it. <laughs> uh, Drake and Josh. They had pear phones, I think. That uh, Yeah, but that's pretty much my week, is I found out I can't use my phone, and I like pears. So, hey. Jacob, just be ready to drop money on a new phone at any time, because we might need to get in touch with you at some point. No, the communication aspect's fine. Like I can talk, I can text and talk. Not for long. Discord still works. Not for long. Discord still. No, no, no don't, don't put, don't put that evil. I'm on sorry me. to be <laughs> the negative Nelly don't, here. Don't put that on me. No, I'm the Squidward of this podcast. <laughs> oh goodness, it's gonna be fine. It's gonna be fine. Austin should know because he just had a phone just completely blow up out of nowhere. It was a disaster. It bricked on you. Absolutely. You went from iPhone to Android, though, didn't you? Yeah, I did. Okay. We'll see how it goes. Yeah, let me know how that goes, because I may be having to make some updates in the future. Hopefully not, but if the time comes, then the time comes. What are you going to do? Embrace change. Embrace change. Good idea. Embrace change. Life lessons on out of the drying pan. (laughs) Now how to meditate. Oh, please teach me how to meditate. I can't do it. I've tried so many times. I've been in therapy. I can't do it. You just got to take four NyQuil sleeping pills. Oh, and... okay, that I can do. Oh, we're not doing that now? Okay. No, that I can do. <laughs> that you can do? Yeah. Knock me out. There you go. Just go pick up those shrooms in your yard and gnaw them a little bit. Don't do that. Unless insects eat them, they're not healthy. Don't eat weird shit off the ground. Don't be like please. my foster dog. <laughs> you know what? Bully actually impressed me yesterday because as we were taking him around on a walk... He well the first time he discovered a half-eaten sandwich that was laying inside of the sewer drain area, and then afterwards, like hours later, he went on another walk and he remembered where that sandwich was. It was very impressive. He was determined. I've never seen him walk that fast in my life. We were practically running. He was running at the sandwich. Yeah, dogs do that. They remember where stuff is. They're very good at that. I was surprised. I'm not a dog owner. I'm not, I don't know a lot about dogs. So I was like, wow, he remembered that gross ass sandwich in the sewer drain? Wow. I hate my nasty ass. I was about to say, your apartment, (laughs) you have so much stories to tell about this place. It's just, there's a new chicken bone every fucking day. Oh, I hated that. That used to happen. I don't know what is the deal with parking lots and apartments and chicken bones. That happened to me too. Throwing chicken bones everywhere. And then the dog gets it, and you got to yank it out of its mouth. He got that into a bit of a chicken all bone the time. yesterday. I had to give him a slice of bread to cushion it. I don't know if that actually oh works, but I did. I've heard if they're cooked, it's okay. No, if they're cooked, it's bad. It's bad. Okay, it's the opposite. Yeah, then, if right? they're raw, okay. it it should be fine. If it's cooked, it doesn't you could splinter. Have a yeah, cooked it splinters and raw, you're pretty much okay. Okay, keep that in mind. My dog loves chicken. Every dog I've had just, and I lived in an apartment. They always found a chicken bone on the ground. Stop fucking littering. Don't put your stolen license plates in trees. Don't put your chicken bones on the road. Don't throw your sandwiches into the sewer drain. And leave your crack baggies inside. They don't belong on the ground. Hmm. A kid could pick that up. A dog could eat it. Heck, somebody could get addicted. 
Let it See, go. The thing about the the crack baggies is, I feel like that's valuable product to just <laughs> carelessly leave on the ground. Like, yeah, how did that happen? I feel like people just they should oh have my. more like common sense with that for a lot of reasons, but also the loss of monetary like income. I just put the story together, Austin. This is all connected. I think, I think it's all connected. The okay. crack, <laughs> the crack bag, the license plate. I think there was a deal going down. Jacob, are you saying? Sorry, not to interrupt. I was trying to piece this together in my head. So maybe the drug dealers were trying to have a drug deal. It went bad as they were eating their sandwiches. So they had to make a quick getaway. They threw their sandwiches out of the car because they didn't want like DNA evidence on the sandwiches. So they threw it into the sewer. Then they took the license plate off, shoved it in a tree. And as they were speeding away, the crack baggie flew out the window and landed on the floor. A little bit. So a car pulls up kind of close a car pulls up and the guy who's trying to buy some crack is eating a sandwich okay and the guy reaches out to hand him the bag the guy trying to buy the crack grabs his arm pulls him out of the car throws the sandwich at him it ricochets off him goes towards the sewer he gets him on the ground knocks him out takes the license plate off throws it in the tree and just takes off leaving the because the valuable thing he wanted was the car not the crack so, Could be. Um, CSI. How do the chicken bones come into play? Because there's a new chicken bone every day. <laughs> they, they, they somebody's just sitting there the watching. <laughs> somebody's watching. <laughs> this is a frequent <laughs> happening there. So they just grab a buck, bucket of chicken from KFC or you know Popeyes or you know Kroger or wherever they sell good chicken, and <laughs> they hey, just sit there and watch. We haven't had a multiple homicide in this complex in over a year. Is that a sign on the on like the entrance way? Like they have it. You know, warehouse amount of days. No accident free <laughs> for three days. <laughs> oh goodness. Well, there were also um, a couple like single socks that were littered about. As that well. makes sense because so did... there's a laundry room there, and so it's falling out of people's ham- baskets and stuff. Like the one sock. Maybe the chicken bones are falling out of people's pockets. Who carries chicken bones in their pockets? You mean you don't for put later. a bunch of chicken wings in your pocket for later? Yeah. Uh, no. They're perfect snack food. You just stick them in your cargo pants and That's right. They're probably sticking them in there and then they they throw them in the wash without realizing they're still in there and then they get it get done laundering and they're like, "Oh, look, I'm just going to throw this in this area here." Hey y'all, yeah. speaking of eating birds, have you guys heard of Farfetched? <laughs> this is getting a little far-fetched here. <laughs> Oh, goodness. Oh, I think Austin's queuing us into our discussion of the episodes for this week. Are you, Austin? I am. Oh, you are. Okay, we can go ahead and start with that. 
And uh, just a heads up, we are changing the format up a little bit this week. So normally we have two people take the 30-second summary challenge, and then one person leads the discussion for the two episodes. This week we're going to mix it up a little bit, and we're going to have one person take charge of the 30-second summary challenges. And then the other two are going to take one episode each to lead the discussion up for. And the randomizer has selected, and the top name is going to do the two 30-second summary challenges, and the top name is Alex. Oh, Alex, boy. Yep, you're going to do the 30-second challenge, Jizz, and I'm going to... I prepared. Good thing you're prepared. Good. I'm glad you're prepared. Unlike me, who is in charge of the first episode discussion, then Austin, you're going to finish us up with our next episode. Good. I got the better one. Yeah, you got the better one. This one's kind of... Compared to last week, these episodes were not nearly as fun, but, you know, they all can't be ringers. Farfetch'd episode was shit. Moving on. Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to try my best. (laughs) You know, I feel like on a subconscious level, I kind of knew that I would have to do a summary because, I'll be honest, I kind of cheated and wrote down some main points, so... (laughs) Oh, no, please, please do, because we got to get through the first one. That's preparation. Do you often write down, like, the summary points to make if you have to do the challenge? No, they're very simple 20-minute episodes targeted toward 8-year-old children that I've seen several times over the years, so I remember them pretty well. Rude. They're they're very complicated and in-depth, I'll have you know. There's a lot more to them than meets the eye, Austin. Sorry, I'm playing the heel. That's my role in this podcast. (laughs) Yeah, he's he's taking the heel point. All right, well, I am glad that I prepared in advance, so. Would you like... Do, uh, would you like to do the time, Austin, or shall I? You can do it. Okay. I don't want to do it. Don't make me do things. You don't want to do things? But you're the heel. Yeah, exactly. I'm the you heel. Do, you do you don't. <laughs> All right, Alex, you ready? So this is the the so near yet so far-fetched episode. I forgot to mention the name. All right, Alex, you ready? Five, ready. four, three, two, one, Go. Okay, in this episode, the Twerps are taking yet another break in the woods, trying to find a supposedly rare Pokemon, Farfetch. Ash and Brock go off to get some water, they leave Misty behind, she comes across to Farfetch, who she chases to the woods, she bumps into a mysterious kid, her backpack gets switched with his, and it's revealed he's actually a thief who preys on Pokemon trainers, backpack kid tricks Team Rocket, steals their Pokemon, the Twerps get the help of Officer Jenny, eventually find Ash, he battles him, Ash loses, but then backpack wins and claims that he's learned his lesson and will never steal again. Jenny lets him go, and supposedly we're supposed to learn a life lesson about honesty and bravery. The end. All right, that's it. I counted 35 seconds, Jacob. You're, yeah. you're giving too much time. No, I let it go. It was only five seconds over, and I was like, I'm going to let her finish. All right. Yay. <laughs> I really tried. Yeah, it was pretty good. Very, very well done. Thank you. Yes. And uh, I think she did such a well a well done job. We're going to move on to the next episode. Okay, great. Um, Wait, no. what? <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> no, I need to recharge, okay? It's like using hyperbeam. You got to take a turn and rest. And you got to go get the energy the... from the sun to charge up yeah. the weapon to destroy the other planets. Yeah, exactly. It's from Star Wars. Oh, okay. Yeah. I didn't know what you were going for. It's the new one, this episode seven. Yeah, thank you. I got it. Yes. It's episode seven where um they. I'm just kidding. All right, so it's <laughs> so near yet so far. Yeah, stop avoiding it. Get it, do it. Go. Okay, okay. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You're being the hill again. I am. So we're taking a break in the woods. All right, and Ash 
and Brock go to get water after they find out that there's Pokemon that exists in this forest named Farfetch'd. I'm interrupting already. I'm already interrupting. Because (laughs) specifically, Brock alerts us that he's heard that there's Farfetch'd in these woods. I'm like, Brock, where the fuck did you hear this? Apparently it's common knowledge. They they don't have internet because it's the 90s. But this is Utopia. Uh, Brock just... It just bothers me. Brock is just there for exposition and nothing else. <laughs> That's it. He's to explain what's going on when it's happening. They're in trouble. They need help. That's his role here. Brock. I have a question about Farfetch. Okay. Is Farfetch? I can't remember the games or anything like that. Is Farfetch rare? Is it hard to find? I think you can only get it through it trade. Yeah. I think. Originally, right? Yeah. I think it actually comes back to where you can catch it. with what? Like an in-game trade with an NPC. Oh, I see. But let's just go ahead and talk about this. I This episode really stressed Farfetch'd is super hard to find. I feel yeah. like that's went away really <laughs> significantly. Farfetch'd is fucking everywhere now. Well, they, they talk about a little bit how it's like almost extinct. So I think they might have like alluding to like repopulation kind of like what the safari zone should be doing it being used for so like repopulating maybe pokemon that might be going extinct i think maybe yeah going extinct because people are eating it yeah it's eating well that happens all the time with animals um i think that's what they're kind of going for here is maybe there's acknowledgement of the fact that it's going extinct so they're trying to repopulate it i do think the the fact that it's carrying around a leak so it's already a a meal prepared for you i think that's pretty (laughs) clever i like that but otherwise, Farfetch'd is a very boring Pokemon. It's just like a kind of a cartoony duck. There's not really much going on. Not until Sword and Shield we get Surfetch'd. But that's 20 years in the future. I'm also kind of ambivalent to Surfetch'd. Sorry. Well, they did something with it that's at true. least. Yeah, they acknowledged that it's boring and they tried to amp it up a little bit. They do that every now and then when they go back and try to, you know, spoof up a Pokemon. I just, I'm kind of... I had mixed feelings about Farfetch. I think he's funny, but it's also not that great of a Pokemon. He has a great voice. He does have a great voice, yeah. I'll give him that. But anyway, Farfetch in this episode is accompanied by a boy named Keith, who we meet after Misty runs into him in the woods. Pause. Where did you get the name Keith from? Because I did not hear that at all. Okay, okay. Right? He's backpack. Okay, he's backpack boy. And I was glad y'all caught me on that. Because I actually, (laughs) I looked it up and his name is Keith from what like Bulbapedia said and what like uh, some other, I guess, fandom sites said that his name was Keith. I have a question about this. How does Bulbapedia or places like that? So they never say Keith in. They like, never mention his name. I don't think. Right. So how did they decide that his name is Keith? Maybe from like Pokemon.com. Maybe like I, I don't know. Jacob, cite your sources. Okay, so I used there was Bulbapedia. Wikipedia is not um, a source. <laughs> that's all I had to go on, and I just gave my name. Did they just arbitrarily decide? Okay, we need a name for this kid, Keith. Whatever, like. Where did they get it from? Maybe that's the Japanese name. Maybe the translated name. Maybe they mentioned his name in the sub and they just Could took like be. what Keith is there and then translated it over to the U.S. Okay. You think that might? I'll allow it. That's that's the only guess I can take that makes sense unless they're like me just making up names for these characters. No, you're right because there's off, there's a lot of times I think um, where it the dialogue doesn't really seem to match the tone or the mood of like their facial expressions 
throughout the episode. So it's like, okay, clearly something's happening here. Like the whole Tomo in the forest thing, and I know we talked about that before. It's like clearly whatever they're saying is not what was originally said. Yeah, not even close. It's not even... Yeah. yeah. So maybe you're right in that they did say his name in the original dialogue on the sub, but they completely glossed over it during the dub. They didn't even mention it. Okay, apparently his Japanese name is Kita. That's Keith. I assume. <laughs> it's close enough. That's the closest thing I want to know where find. this name came from, and I can't find it. Okay, moving on. <laughs> so, before you go too far ahead, I do want to point out the part, like, where Misty first encounters Farfetch'd, because I thought this was ridiculous. Misty's sitting there, Psyduck pops out of the ball, and all of a sudden she hears, like, the far-off voice of Farfetch'd. It's like, Farfetch'd, Farfetch'd, or whatever. And she starts freaking out. She's like, who is it? Who's there? Like some horror movie. <laughs> I'm sorry. I just had to point that out because I thought it was ridiculous. <laughs> That's how it lures people in. Because uh, we find shortly after, so Misty like goes in the woods chasing the Farfetch that she wants to catch. Oh, for herself, even though they're supposed to be a team, she bumps into Keith. We're going to go with Keith here. And they drop, both drop their bags. And then they're like, oh, Keith's like, oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. And then Missy's like, oh, it's okay. Then she goes back to the campsite only to realize that her bag is now full of rocks, which I don't know how the weight difference. My question here is, like, what is the weight difference between rocks and Pokeballs? Are they all heavy? Because Pokeball Pokeballs mechanics. obviously are not heavy. Yeah, Pokeball mechanics here, because these things obviously are not heavy. If you're able to carry six of them like that with no problem compared to these stones that were in her bag. Okay, wait. Were they stones? Because it looked a lot like muffins to me. I thought they were stones. Muffins and wrappers. They were, they were I think she says rocks. <laughs> okay. So they were not muffins and wrappers. Okay. Yes. So she finds out there were rocks in her bag and she is obviously upset. That's when we learn that Keith and this far-fetched are really up to no good and they're kind of hustlers. I will call them hustlers. God, I wanted to smack him. He's a little brat. I hated him. Yeah, Keith is a little brat. And we see this again when he's in the forest walking along and he runs into Team Rocket walking by. And he, you know, they kind of confront him saying, hey, we're going to steal your Pokemon. And he goes, oh, wait, guys. Hey, hey, I'll give you Farfetch'd, Staryu, and Starmie. And does Misty mention that she has these Pokemon before he takes them or does he just kind of know maybe he popped them open before this he had to have off screen pop them open and let star you and star me out and not give okay. a shit about a horsey and whatever the hell the other one is golda goldine yeah Gold. yeah, yeah that's, that's, that's the useless <laughs> we one. haven't seen them in so long i don't even care anymore <laughs> yeah that's I true star me a lot of shit as if goldine's not right there yeah so i can we back up just a little bit because I do have an observation about Brock and Ash, and I don't know if you guys, like, caught on to this, too. When they... So, when she runs back and runs into, like, Ash and Brock after she gets her backpack mixed up with Keith's, they reconvene together, and Ash and Brock, I don't know why they were like this to her, but they're seemingly shocked that she had any kind of audacity to... I don't know, display any kind of autonomy to go and capture Pokemon by herself. Because then Ash is, like, accusing her of sneaking around behind... No, Brock accuses her of sneaking around behind their backs. He says that. 
He's like, have you been sneaking around behind our backs? Oh, yeah, I do remember that point, yeah. That was so weird. trouble in like, paradise. What? Yeah. I, what? Missy says, well, I wanted to catch it for all of us. I'm like, no, you fucking didn't. That doesn't make any sense. <laughs> you want it for yourself. Are you going to cook it and eat it? And all, you're all three of you going to split it into thirds? Yeah. It was very weirdly, like, abusive relationship because I feel like Misty said that to, like, save herself. She's like, no, no, I was going to catch it for all of us to have it. Misty, Misty just can't do anything right by them. She... No. She can't breathe without asking. She's just yelling yeah, at her. She's just the, I don't know why, she's why the hit did they piece. care so much. Yeah, like, why do they care so much that she wanted to catch a Pokemon for herself? Like, Yeah, it's your job's not to do that. No, we're not all trainers here. It's it was weird. kind of weird. I didn't like it, but anyway. You know what I also thought was weird, too, that I just realized? Is this guy, Keith, must have been watching them for a while. Oh, that's how he knew there was a star you and a star me. Maybe so. He's, He's watching for a while, and he also has the exact same color bag that he, Misty has, too. I wondered that, too. How did he get the exact same bag? Yeah, so this is definitely a lot more coordinated than meets the eye with this episode. Oh, I I have a point about that with Team Rocket when we get to there. Okay, well, we're at, we're at Team Rocket right now, okay. which is a little further, or... Well, I want to know how this does he like work for like a backpack wholesaler because how does he have another one the same copies of there's several <laughs> it shows this kid with several backpacks because he's been stealing over the course of several months, I guess. So how is he getting exact duplicate copies of random backpacks? I, th- I think you're right. I think he works for like REI or something because he also has REI. <laughs> oh, yeah. He's got a giant tent. like luxury yeah. tent. Yes. He has a tent. So he yeah. has some sort of connection to some sort of, like, camping something or another. This is a guy who's bored, right? This is a guy who's bored. Yeah, he's crying and bemoaning the fact that he can't make a living doing anything else other than stealing Pokemon. But clearly he's has a good setup with, like, a backpack outdoor supply store. So... Yes, he has the connection with the backpack supply store. And then we also learn that he is the owner of a boat, too. Yeah! Oh, God! <laughs> Because after after he after he agrees to trade like the Pokemon, he leads Team Rocket to a boat, a pretty decent looking. It's not like a super nice yacht or anything, but it's it's a boat that it's a lake boat. It's pretty nice. It has also, a motor on like, it. Yeah, it has a motor on it and everything. And so he agrees that this would like help them get across the lake or whatever. But then he remembers that he forgot something, and he just leaves his bag there. And then he leaves and runs off, and he Farfetch stays there with Team Rocket. And so they decide that, hey, we're going to take this bag with all this Pokemon in it and make off with Farfetch'd and Misty's Pokemon. And so they, they climb into the boat and they start going across the lake. <laughs> okay, but this is where things get a little crazy. They find out that the boat is sinking because there's a hole in it with a cork that is very visible from where we're seeing the episode. But somehow Team Rocket missed this, right? Yes, so I have many points to make. Go ahead. I, I a, saw you. he was very clearly casing the twerps in Team Rocket because he knew that if he left the Pokeballs and Farfetch with Team Rocket, they would take them and leave, which is not a natural thing to assume about someone. So I think he knew who they were in advance, and he set this all. Oh, up. so I'm telling you, he's yeah. he's watching these people way before they the come time. in, right? Okay. Yeah. Point two. Does he just have so many motorboats that he can afford to drop one off at the bottom of the river every week? That's what I was about to say too. This guy, he's he's there's something going on. Yes, yes. So what happens is the cork unplugs. Team Rocket starts to sink. Of course, they try to plug the hole. They can't. The boat sinks with Team Rocket in it. And uh, 
they're going to die. Like, Keith is obviously okay with murder, too, because it's a running lake that's heading towards a waterfall, all this stuff. Farfetch just floating around, along, and he grabs Team Rocket's Pokemon. Is it heading toward a waterfall, yes. or did we just assume it was heading toward a waterfall? Because every goddamn river in the world is heading toward I, a waterfall. Well, they eventually, <laughs> they fall off Oh, do the they? Water. Okay, I just Yeah, yeah they yes. do, yeah. <laughs> okay, I, I just thought, okay. <laughs> but before, to Jacob's point, so Farfetch is, you know, a duck, so it can swim along, and it has a little backpack, like, net thing on, and it scoops up the Pokeballs. Which, mm-hmm. we have some inconsistency here, mm-hmm. yes. because Jesse and James, as they're floating down the rivers to their doom, she's like, oh no, Arbok, Weezing, and Lickitung. And we have not caught Lickitung okay, yet. Okay, Thanks, Porygon. <laughs> oh, was that an in-between episode that they had to gloss over because of Porygon? Yeah, we're going to get that later. Okay, okay. I'm glad you guys caught that as well, because I didn't remember her catching Lickitung, but I was like, maybe she did somehow. I don't know. Austin, I'm sorry to say this, but I honestly, for a split second, had a moment of doubt because I was like, oh no, did Austin lead us astray? Did he miss an episode? Why is there a Lickitung here? And then I freaked out because I'm like, did I not watch something I was supposed to watch? (laughs) But then we never talked about it, so I it was very confusing. I'm glad I'm not the only one that feels that way. I'm like, oh god, am I like, is, did I miss the episode before this one where that she caught it? Did right? I miss a tweener? I'm sorry. What did we Austin. learn from this experience? Did we learn not to doubt Austin? The hill is always right. I am sorry. I felt really bad because I did look it up. So I went on Bulbapedia and I was like, where did Lickitung happen? Because I was having a crisis moment and. In the trivia section, it was like, they don't catch Lickitung until three episodes later. So I was like, okay, I'm sorry I ever doubted you, Austin. Well, here's the funny thing about that is Lickitung and another episode were aired late due to Porygon because they were tied with Japanese holidays. Um, So I think they aired like incongruously at like some random later point. But then the dub moves them back even further to the next season. So Did they explain why? Why they moved them back further, the dub did? Or I think it it's because they wanted to have all the Pokemon Snap episodes in season one. Okay. I assume. Okay. But regardless of which order you're following, she still has Lickitung out of nowhere. I remember as a child being like, where the hell is Lickitung? What are you talking about? So you even recognize that as a kid, oh, too. Yeah. I, thought, I thought I assumed this was I missed the episode because it was the 90s and I was a child. Yeah, that's, how it, that's the reason why I was doubting myself. And then I thought like maybe this would be the episode that they show Lickitung or whatever. But... Whatever they did, and that was a good catch. So, we have Farfetch still Team Rocket's Pokemon, of course, and now we're in a familiar territory here with Ash and Friends going to Jenny. Oh boy! Who has known about this problem <laughs> for a while? Again, again, there's a pro- ran here. There's a problem that is known. She has known about, but doesn't take the initiative to solve the problem until the Twerps show up to guide her. What is the point of her being here? She tells them that they're the fifth victim of the backpack switching thief that week alone. So yeah, this, this is this continuous is an ongoing problem. My favorite detail is she says he never stays in one place for long, and later we find out that's not true because someone says he must live around here somewhere. Brock says okay. that. He says he must. Li- oh my God, you're right. Oh my God. Yes. Right. Okay. <laughs> See, it's, he's not left the area. That just shows you how 
Ginny's coming up with excuses of why she can't find him. We, she might not be looking. I don't think she's even looking for this guy. Well, this is not the worst thing that she does in this episode, so we'll continue on, but... <laughs> yeah, yeah, this isn't the worst thing. Okay. We'll get there. Yeah, we'll continue on. Okay, so they go. the twerps go to Ginny, who's useless again. And then the scene cuts to Keith at his campsite with his luxurious tent that Austin pointed out earlier. It's really it's like one of those Harry Potter tents with a toilet and all that stuff. <laughs> oh God. Then he um he talks about how how he got far fetched, how it was hit by a truck and how he, you know, scooped it up and nursed it back to health, which doesn't, you know, make what he's doing okay. In fact it'd probably be better if he didn't find far fetched and someone who's a good person actually took the responsibility on themselves to find far fetched. Okay, I have a question. How does him finding a sick Pokemon and nursing it back to health have anything to do with this thieving lifestyle that he's decided to take on? Like, I don't understand the connection. What is his goal exactly? Is he selling these things to... I would assume so. It's probably some dark market or something. Like trafficking going on somewhere. Yeah, (laughs) Pokemon trafficking. This is the first episode of pokemon trafficking lordy he also says we're too weak to survive and i'm like survive what are you doing you've got the latest greatest tent you got a boat you got backpacks he's got money somewhere probably from the trafficking but i thought so like ash and brock and misty travel around and they've said before like okay trainers can stay in pokemon centers for free and all this stuff so i don't understand well, I guess Keith isn't, like, a, a trainer in the sense of, like, Ash going around and doing the gym challenges and stuff, but how would he need to survive? Like, why can't he just, I don't know, travel around? And... They only take care of the trainers, I guess, because he talks he about how he's not a trainer at all. He says they're too weak. Maybe he can't survive because he keeps on selling these Pokemon for profit and then wasting all the money on giant tents and boats that he immediately sinks. <laughs> and backpacks. And backpacks. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, goodness. He has one of every kind of backpack you can imagine. He probably does. Oh, different colors, too, apparently. Does he... Okay, maybe... Is it safe to assume that he's spying on passing trainers for a while and he makes the backpacks? Because how else would you be able to get an exact copy? Well, you know what, Keith? That's a skill that you can market and use to make a livable wage off of if you have magical backpack weaving abilities. Yes, and you know that they're actually durable, too, because they carry all those rocks. Yeah. I mean, that's like 80 pounds that Misty was carrying on her back, and they didn't not a tear in sight. So what, uh, I think what are we doing, Keith? I think Keith is just full of shit. He's just full of shit, and he's lazy. Oh, he's, he's just Keith bored. Keith is a bad person. Yeah, oh, that, yeah, that's what I'm Like, the fact that he saved the far-fetched doesn't make him a good person. There's just no... That doesn't excuse all the other mischief that he's done, or the crimes he's committed. I think Keith was the one driving the truck, and he hit the far-fetched, and then, like, now the far-fetched has Stockholm Syndrome. And then he drove the truck like he owes off it something. <laughs> yes! <laughs> oh, I love that. That's a, Oh, that's great. <laughs> He's, like, sitting there just driving along. Oh, there's a rare Pokemon. Kink! Yeah, exactly. Oh, goodness. He manufactured this scenario so that he could... He knew the far-fetched was rare... So he's like, oh, look, a Farfetch'd. And then he runs it over with his truck or whatever and almost kills it. Then he, the Farfetch'd has no memory. It has amnesia because it was hit by the truck. And now the Farfetch'd has Stockholm Syndrome because he nursed it back to health. It has a memory so, leak. Then he threw the plate into a tree. <laughs> yeah, then he's, it was a stolen truck. A exactly. stolen truck. Oh, my gosh. And from what we, well, what we know about Keith, too, is this could have been premeditated, too. 
he probably saw that same far-fetched every single day by the road. Then he went and stole the truck, and that's when he hit it. Yeah, that guy's evil. Ugh. I bet it was Officer Jenny's truck because she didn't have any kind of motor <laughs> transportation. Could have been her motorcycle. So, yeah, she didn't have that either. So he probably stole it. He probably duped her and she's embarrassed or something. Yeah, probably. Oh, goodness. Well, anyway, when uh, Keith is telling this sop story about you know him saving Farfetch, which is whatever, uh, we see Psyduck <laughs> pop out of its ball, which again brings into question Pokeball mechanics. I think we're all familiar with that. We don't need to touch on it too much. I'll be the we... for not also jumping out. There's nothing stopping any of those other Pokemon from jumping yeah, out at that... any time. Yeah, that's the that's the problem, right? If he can hop out, then the rest could, unless they're just willingly staying in there, which could be another thing. They want to see where this is going. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we see we see Misty sitting there, or we flash back to Misty, and she's sitting there talking about how she misses her Pokemon. And how she's talking about, like, Goldeen, Horsey, Staryu, Starmie. But then she doesn't mention, of course, Psyduck. Because she hates Psyduck. But then, all of a sudden, guess who comes out of the bushes after escaping the Pokeball that are so easy to get out of? We see Psyduck. And then Misty all of a sudden jumps with joy, saying how she missed him, and how she loves him, and all that other stuff. She's bipolar. Yeah, yeah. I think... I think the idea of them being gone and her just seeing one for Pokemon kind of eased her stress a little bit. Maybe she's like, oh, if I can find one, maybe we yeah. can find the rest of them, I guess. Good point. She interrogates Psyduck. Yeah, she basically, yeah, she asks him, like, over again, where's Keith? You know, where's whatever? Where's this campsite? All this stuff. Psyduck just keeps going, sigh, 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 of course. What is she expected to say? Yeah, that's what I was thinking, too. It was like, it's... What is what else is there going to come out of this duck that you? Well, to be fair, Psyduck does lead them to the area where he is, so he was very smart. He when, did the right thing. Here's what happened. I don't think Psyduck led them to the area because there's one point in the episode when you know Psyduck agrees to help them try to find Keith. We see Jenny or uh, Misty pick him up, and she's like, "Where is the camp?" He points right, and then Brock says, "Oh, we got to go left." Really? <laughs> Did you Does guys he? catch that part? No. <laughs> no. Okay. Psyduck was leading them askew. Yeah, so he's like w- walking through, and he Psyduck points right, and then Brock says, oh, we got to go left. At least I think that's what it looked like to me, but... I must have missed that part. That's just, I'm throwing it, throwing it out there. Y'all watch the episode and fact check me if need be. No, I don't care enough about this episode. Okay, uh, uh. Yeah, I, I don't disagree with that. All right, uh, so after they follow uh, Psyduck, they actually do f- kind of find Keith, but before that, they s- we see Keith and Farfetch talk about how they've stolen a lot of Pokemon, and then we see Team Rocket all of a sudden appear in a balloon, and they say, you know, Keith, you got to pay for stealing the Pokemon. And then, <laughs> again, Keith says he's tired of raising Pokemon and then gives them a backpack filled with with all the Pokemon, and Team Rocket says they're happy and take off again, and Ashton Friends and Jenny come out of the bushes. And now, is this where we want to get into what Jenny does, or do we want to go on a little bit further? Yes. Okay. Yes, because Jenny is an idiot. <laughs> this is like, th- how is this police work in any sense of the word? Basically, like you said, they confront Backpack Kid, Keith, 
And Jenny, instead of arresting him right there on the spot, because they they caught him red-handed with his bag full of pokeballs, stolen pokeballs, she's like, you know what? We should just show you what it's like to an ex- experience a Pokemon battle. And that's going to be your punishment. Instead of arresting you, you should know what it is to be a trainer and just battle. It doesn't make any sense. Like, how is that supposed to teach him a lesson? This would make a lot more sense if, they, if Jenny was not in this episode. Like, it would make sense if Ash, because Ash, of course, is all over this idea. You know, Jenny suggests the battle to teach him a life lesson, and Ash is like, yeah, battle. So if it was just Ash suggesting it, fine. But the fact that the police officer is like, you know what? You should just battle to see the hardships that trainers have to go through, and then you'll learn to appreciate your Pokemon. I, I will I will point out, she doesn't arrest him, but she does say, you're under arrest for Grand Theft Pokemon. Oh, that, <laughs> thanks for mentioning that, Austin. That might have been a quote. I don't that care. might have been someone's quote. Oh, it was the hill. Plot you're relevant. being the hill. I am Live, <laughs> living up to the hill. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so Bulbasaur whips Farfetch'd into a bleeding mess. Yeah. Why does Ash choose Bulbasaur? Because we haven't seen Bulbasaur in a while. True. Of all the Pokemon he could have picked. Well, we got enough Charmander and Charmeleon and Charizard the past few episodes. If he would have thrown him out there, I'd have been a little like, okay, we get it. Squirtle. We had to beat the shit out of Farfetch. Idioto. Whip it into submission. <laughs> That's right. But thankfully for Farfetch, it's a um, masochist. Very fast. Oh, well, that too. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and he's, very he's fast. into it. Yeah, he was. He gets into it, you know, and then Keith's like, oh, I didn't realize he was that strong. And Farfetch winds up beating Bulbasaur by using agility and whacking it with its leak. Yeah, I've whacked my leak a few times. Um, sorry, Alex, please cut that out. No, leave it in. No, it's not. No, it's not. It. Don't be the heel. That, that leak needs to be plugged. This Ugh. is up to my complete and total discretion, and I, I'm i thinking I'm going to leave it in. I'm being quiet now. Did you pound off, Austin? Only only when Farfetch was being whipped around. Okay. Oh, what about this next part where uh, Misty sends Psyduck out there, and it's getting whipped around a little bit? Did that get you going? I actually thought that was kind of funny because Farfetch laughs at its face and just whacks it on the head. <laughs> it just keeps whacking it over and over again. And uh, the face that like Misty makes when she's like, it's headaches getting worse. <laughs> it's like, okay, <laughs> Misty, I get it. Yeah, you're getting ready to do some damage. Because uh, after it gets headache gets worse enough after Farfetch whacks it enough, Psyduck does destroy Farfetch. Obliterates him into a tree, blasting him and Keith at a velocity that probably would have led to some broken bones. But... I think he blasts them straight into a tree, and then they, like, fall, fall. out of it. Yeah. yeah. Dang. I wish all the rocks that hit him in the head. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been awesome. <laughs> all the rocks in the backpack. Well, they do almost get hit. So, back to Team Rocket, they had that backpack full of Pokeballs, which turned out to be Voltorb. Mm-hmm. And they throw them onto the ground, which happens to land right where Keith and the Torps are standing. So they almost get blown up by the Voltorb. Question, Which where they are these Voltorbs coming from? The Pokeballs? Yeah, I know. How did he get 20,000 Voltorbs? Well, he was at that, what was the Koga's gym Oh, okay. This, he stole them just, from Koga. He stole them all out of the floorboards and <laughs> took them. See, all these episodes are connected. We just got to connect the dots a little bit and we'd be good to go. Good point. Yeah. But uh, from my opinion, the Voltorb, how they explode... It should have done a lot more damage than, because there was a hundred of them and nothing really gets done. 
as uh, well, Alex was saying. Well, actually, your theory of stealing them from Koga's gym makes sense because they didn't explode like regular Voltor. But that is true. They exploded into, like, smoke balls, mm. which makes sense for the oh. ninja. Oh, connecting the dots you're even further. You're onto something with that, Jacob. <laughs> oh. you, you said that as a joke, but I think you're onto something. They're all connected. Yes. I like that the Koga episode was a while ago now, and now we just wandered back to the Ninja Mansion restaurant gym. That's how good, that's how good I'm remembering these episodes. I can just name any number episode, and I'll tell you exactly what happened. See, you never know when a past episode is going to have relevance in a later episode. They're all important in their own way, Austin. Yeah, like, remember that just episode like... where Licky Tongue was caught? And I, that was really important to this episode. Yeah, well. The sad thing is we don't even see it. That's the real sad thing. Anyway, these uh, Koga's Voltorbs, that, uh, they explode, and nothing really happens. And then all of a sudden, Keith has a change of heart and apologize and returns Misty's Pokemon. He says he's going to stop stealing Pokemon and still take back all the Pokemon that he stole and give them back to the rightful trainers. Which brings into my question is, where are these Pokemon at? How many did he steal? How is he going to find the trainers? A lot of loose, a lot of open ends here. Jenny like in a later scene says that none of the trainers are going to press charges so in a matter of like an afternoon she finds them all somehow even though he's been all over the place apparently yeah all over the place jenny was in on it square foot acreage (laughs) 200 square foot acreage yeah 200 square foot (laughs) yeah Yeah. little off maybe yeah oh okay I had a thought. I can't remember what it was. Oh, okay. Here's what I'm, here's my other theory. I think Jenny might be in on it again, like with the Hypno episode. I think she might be in on the trafficking. Yeah. Because if she knew where all these trainers were we at. We didn't see any of these trainers. I, this is where I'm taking her word for it, that yeah. all these Pokeballs have returned where they need to yeah, go. Yeah, she's in on She's corrupt. She's part of the swamp. You're right, because... We never see Jesse and James get their Pokemon back, oh, and shit. they were stolen from. Oh shit! Yeah, oh, so, shit. yeah, I'm telling you. That, see, <laughs> we're connecting the dots. She, <laughs> you are right, you guys, because she says that she returned them, but we never have any proof, and we know for a fact that Jesse and James didn't. They were never shown to get Arbok and Weezing back. Did Did he give them back Arbok and Weezing and Lickitung? Apparently, when he gave them the Voltorbs. Uh, well, oh, damn it, sorry. stop, you're poking holes in your own no, theory. Sorry. I think they all fall out. I, we don't see them. All the Pokemon popped out of the balls, and we don't see them. That's true. So. Wait, do they, actually, I think not, because the Voltorbs all explode, and don't they make some kind of comment, like, you know, learn how to steal from us, you know, we'll show you, or whatever, like, indicating that they did not yet get them back. Okay, you saved it, you saved it, good job, Alex, you saved yeah. it. Okay. No, Jacob did because he said all the Pokeballs were just Voltorbs, not Arbok and Weezing. They would have popped out, I think. Yeah. So I think you're right in that Jenny is part of this operation and she works with Keith. That's why she doesn't arrest him because he just, he's like, yes, I've learned my lesson. I'm going to go and become a legitimate trainer. And he just walks into the sunset. But I think he just snuck around the back. Oh, absolutely. Like once Ash and Misty and Brock that was That was going to be my closing thoughts here. This is all a big scam here that Jenny and Keith have going. This is just a mm-hmm. rinse and repeat cycle that happens. Jenny provides the backpacks. Yeah, maybe. Oh, my God. Jenny provides. The, they are blue. Some of them are. Oh, my goodness. So we just learned more corruption in the Pokemon society. I wouldn't yeah. put it past Jenny. She's 
and and to your earlier points about sh- she claims that she can't find this guy and he doesn't seem to move he's in the same forest area he doesn't move around that much this is this is all an elaborate plot it is it's crazy nothing was solved nothing was learned no one was punished yep. crime continues no. yep yes. crime continues and the episode ends with team rocket in a tree and they're talking about how they should tell the boss. And Meowth's like, hey, we shouldn't because Keith might be hired instead of us, which actually wouldn't be a bad idea because Keith seems actually coherent when it comes to stealing. <laughs> then a Voltorb rolls out and they blast off into space or wherever they go. The end. How do they know that Keith isn't already working for Team Rocket? I mean, he seems that, to be a competent. It goes deep. Jenny's <laughs> working too for him. Oh, goodness. Yeah, I I didn't learn anything. The narrator said some shit about we all learned lessons about bravery and honesty and all this crap. And I'm like, did we though? Did we really learn anything? I think we learned just that if you lie, you can escape punishment. It's yeah, true. it's like you're you don't have there's no consequences for crime. So I've not when you have the police in your pocket. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe uh, we we'll go down the rabbit hole with that one. Well. Does anyone have any other closing thoughts before we move on to our LVP, MVP, and quotes? Keith looked like a far-fetched, and I hate him. And also, he had Tracy's voice. Oh. He was totally Tracy. What if he's the same guy? Oh, my God. Tracy was casing them all along. No, 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 no. We'll go deeper. (laughs) We'll go deeper. They're they're twins, okay? And, you know, Tracy's always taking pictures and stuff. He's the one chasing them, and then he's contacting Keith for the elaborate scheme. Gosh, it just keeps getting this deeper This is all deeper. part of a long con in order to get to Professor Oak's laboratory. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> the takeover. <laughs> oh, goodness. Uh, I'm going to applaud us for that episode being kind of boring and us turning it into something actually pretty extravagant. So kudos. Kudos to y'all. Never know where it's going to go. I can't wait to write my Keith fan fiction of his <laughs> web of lies and deceit. <laughs> <laughs> you should call it Plug and Leaks. Hey, oh there we go. L-E-E-K. That's right. Speaking of leaks, I think it's time we transition into our LVP, MVP, and our quotes for the episode. This is where we pick our least valuable player, our most valuable player, and the quote that had the biggest impact on us for the episode. And remember, no repeats. So once one is used up, it's gone. Let me get the randomizer here. And it is... Ooh, haha. Myself, Alex, then Austin. You better think on your toes, because I think Austin took your earlier quote. I have like so. four quotes if you need one. See, no, that's that's what I was about to say. For the first time ever, I took two two quotes for an episode, because I was like, <laughs> I think someone's going to take that one, because it's just too too obvious. So I'll, I'll guess I'll start with my quote then. And my quote is when uh, Keith leaves Team Rocket to guide his like Pokeball backpack or whatever. And Meowth says, hey, it's like leaving a cat to protect a canary. Oh. I, was like, oh. I was like, oh, good for you. Good for you, Meowth. That's a pretty good line. And then my LVP, of course, we've seen her name come up a lot when it comes to this slot. It is Jenny. She is oh, my <laughs> she's my LVP. I picked the low-hanging fruit here, obviously. Oh, for no. obvious reasons. She's just awful again. You know, She doesn't do anything until she's forced to do something. And it's by 10-year-olds that... She has to take responsibility. And my MVP 
It's good old Psyduck. Yay! Both of them. Yep. Okay. You get, now, now who's got to think on their feet? Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, Psyduck for obvious reasons. For helping him find Keith, even though that we'll leave that up in there of how much he did help. And for beating Keith and Farfetch'd to recognize that what they were doing was wrong, I guess. <laughs> all right. Oh God! How? Am, okay, Jesus! Now I'm all thrown off. Um. Okay, I guess ugh, we'll just start with the quote. The time where Ash, I guess when it's when Psyduck stumbles back into their orbit and he's trying to lead them back to where Keith is or something, and Ash is like. He says to Psyduck, you act like a quack most of the time, but you're pretty smart, Psyduck. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I thought that was clever. Pretty good. Good old four kids with their puns. Um, hmm, man, now I'm really, like, tripped up because I don't know who to pick. I guess LVP, I'll go with the second obvious one. I'll pick Keith because <laughs> he's the thief. And instead of, to Austin's earlier point, instead of using his really amazing backpack copying skills and making backpacks he decides to be a pokemon thief so he's an art i think he he feels like he's he could be a good artist he has a lot of potential (laughs) but he wastes it that's true so (laughs) i love how much that i dislike jenny or hate jenny that i glossed over the fact that keith was even in this episode committing the crimes (laughs) they were part of their the dastardly duo there so he was the second half the real Rocket Gang. Uh, yeah, they're the true Team Rocket. What if they were Butch and Cassidy in disguise? Okay, okay. <laughs> <laughs> now we're going deep. <laughs> we could go even deeper. Oh, I'm just kidding. Oh, well, they didn't say Keith's name, so they could have gotten his name wrong, and that would have been Butch. Okay. Does that set off Butch's like deep? Oh, you know what I just realized? What? Keith is Butch spelled backwards. Oh my god! <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> god okay who to pick for mvp was there any like normal people in this episode aside from psyduck and he's not even normal he's not even a person um ash misty rock jesse james meow god they were all terrible um (laughs) (laughs) i can't pick psyduck oh god who should i pick bulbasaur made an appearance bulbasaur lost terribly Doesn't Starmie do something cool? Get captured? Oh, he does. Um, no, he doesn't do anything. That's the next episode. He does some th- something kind of cool. That was Staryu. Starmie's not. Oh, Staryu! Yeah. God, it wasn't even Starmie. <laughs> oh, you're right. Damn, who to pick? Um, who else was in this episode? Was there anybody else? The Voltorb. Okay, fine. I'll give it to Voltorb. Thank you. Clever <laughs> blasting off Team Rocket. Yeah, for atta- this for is... blowing up in Keith in Farfetch. Yeah, yeah. I'll give it to them. They were cute, and then there was that one final Voltorb that blew up Team Rocket. So Th- this is really sad that there wasn't any standout people, at least for me, other than Psyduck. But I'm so glad I got to go first. I'm also gonna scratch the bottom <laughs> of the barrel on this one. My two characters were not in this episode. How can you pick them then? <laughs> I like it. Think outside okay, of the okay, box. Okay, okay, okay. Hold on, the hold MVP. on, hold on. We gotta have the majority. We gotta have the majority. Okay, Alex, are you yay or nay? 
I'm just. I want to see where okay. this goes. No, so. it's, it's pretty Go good. Ahead. It's pretty good. Two yays. Okay, two yays. my MVP is gonna be Lickitung for transcending time. Oh God! <laughs> <laughs> in a period in this episode. <laughs> and my LVP is going to be Koga for having all his Voltorb stolen and never getting there them back. There you go. There you go. That well is done. good. Well good done. job. <laughs> you really had a that reach with this one. That was really good. No, that was that really was good. That was amazing. Yeah, I agree. Okay, my quote is going to be uh, Jesse at the end says about Keith, that two-timer, and Miel says, he tricked us two times in one episode. <laughs> oh, breaking the, fourth, the wall. fourth wall. Whoa. All right, let's never Whoa. discuss this episode ever again. Moving on. Okay. Okay, perfect. With too many loose ends that never got tied up. Mm-mm. All righty. Well, we can move on to our next episode. Who oh, God. gets Togepi? And Alex, once again, the 30-second summary challenge is yours. Please, God, I hope I don't have to do this next week, too. <laughs> <laughs> Well, ah, you, did, right. you did the first one well. I okay, you ready? I would much rather do the 30-second summary than do the full recap. Yeah, I think I would, I think too. the recap's fun. Okay. Anyway. Okay, well, maybe next week we, we can fix it. Yeah. Ready, Alex? Uh, Three, I'll try. Three, two, one, go. Okay, the twerps are trying to, they're sitting around trying to figure out what the mysterious egg that they stole is going to hatch into. T-Market dresses up as milkmaids and try to get the twerps to buy some eggs from them. In their confusion, they steal the egg from the twerps, they run back to their hideaway. Meow starts taking care of it and becomes infatuated with it. The twerps find the cabin by following the trail of fake eggs. They get into a battle. During the battle, the egg almost breaks, but it hatches at the very last second. Misty grabs it. Togepi hatches, sees Misty. They try to get into a tournament to see who decides to keep Togepi as their own. And time. Misty does. So. (laughs) (laughs) All right, let's do it. Just right there. Let's get into who gets Togepi. Well, first we have our little exposition because the twerps go to a small town Pokemon Center and Nurse Joy gives them a telegram, but not just any normal telegram. No, it is a series of gifts of Professor Oak motioning wildly to the left, like on a piece of paper. And also, the gym badges are the border on this piece of paper. It was very yes. weird. I don't know what was, was going on. I thought we were finally going to see a gym this episode. I thought that was like foreshadowing, like, oh, <laughs> remember this thing you forgot about that we're supposed to be trying to do here? That does come up. Okay, okay, because I was like, oh, here we go. This is, uh, we're supposed to be getting gyms here. Here's the badges you're supposed to be getting. I thought it was Professor Oak trying to be like nudging Ash a little bit. Like, I wish on. it was. I wish it was Oak saying, What have you been doing? Where have you been? What, what, <laughs> where <laughs> are you? <laughs> Challenging him. The whole, I wish the letter would have yelled like in Harry Potter. Like, hey, come uh, on. <laughs> That's it. Yeah, just yelled at him. That is so wild that you said that because I was thinking the exact same thing. <laughs> the Harry Potter thing? Yeah. <laughs> the, the, the letter was talking, right? It, it did say, it was like a digitized voice yes. saying, call me Ash or something. It's the same thing if it was automated. Can we talk about the the insane level of technology that has to exist for this piece of paper <laughs> to have like this hologram on it? And it was like talking and everything. Like, And yet they don't have fucking cell phone for Oak to call Ash on. No. <laughs> yeah. Right. Exactly. And the lip flaps were, you know, it wasn't like he was just moving. They were in sync with what he was saying, too. So, Also, I like, he just left this message at a Pokemon Center. And, he, and when Ash calls, he's like, oh, I'm glad my message reached you. 
So did he leave this at every Pokemon Center or just a specific one? Is he canvassing Kanto looking for where in the world the twerps have vanished to for weeks on end? Since they don't seem to know where they're going. We don't know where they're going. Oak doesn't know where they're going. Keith is following him, giving Oak updates. Keith is Oak's little spy. (laughs) (laughs) Well, can we assume that the Pokedex has a GPS tracker and Oak saw that they were near this Pokemon Center and that they possibly might go there next? Maybe. I have no idea. That's how he knew. I think that's it. Anyway, the whole point of this is so that Ash can stick the Pokedex into the Pokedex slot of the phone call, of the phone, the the fuck is it called the like video phone, phone booth, booth <laughs> console it's green and it has the pokedex slot yeah <laughs> this, is, this must be new i never saw a slot in one before i will just say that i am this may be an unpopular opinion or maybe a popular opinion i don't know i hate dexter's new voice okay r.i.p dexter's original voice he's still alive but we no longer will hear it anymore. It, <laughs> okay, okay. It was that guy, the bodybuilder guy, who we found like his like fitness gym on online and stuff. And he was the original Why voice of Dexter. Why did they change him? He had to go do Why? bodybuilding somewhere. I yeah, don't know. he had to go win Mr. Universe or you know Mr. Olympia or something. Well, a lot, a lot like more it. money in that. Why? That's so weird that he was Poke, the Pokédex anyway. I don't think he did any other voices than that. Well, he did a good job for the one he yeah, did. Yeah, who's the new Pokédex? Who's who's currently the Pokédex for next while? Isn't it, isn't it Jack Black? It could have changed. This is Jack Black. Jack Black. <laughs> it's Chris Pratt. It's Chris oh, Pratt. Oh, God. No, no, I think it would be, God, you know who I love is Bill Burr. Okay, okay. It just, it just yells at him the whole time. Hey, you got... <laughs> um, fun little detail. I could be wrong, but I believe the Pokédex voice did not change in the Japanese version, only the English version. And they added that huh. line in as a little note. It did seem oh. kind of like stuffed in there that Oak was like, and by the way, your voice It was changed. when there was like, no flip flaps. Yeah, there was no yeah. voice on the screen. Yeah. Interesting. That's a good little trivia there, Austin. I love these little trivia bits you put in it. Yep. And all this is happening just so later in the episode the Pokédex could recognize Togepi and say no data available <laughs> or whatever. That's true. That's the only reason this happened. <laughs> Why did they even go through the trouble of updating it when it didn't have any data on it anyway? Because at this point, okay, I want to know the real life circumstances of this episode. Because at this point, Ho-Oh has made a cameo. They've announced gold and silver. Good rhyme. What? Good rhyme. Oh, thank you. They've announced gold and silver as like Pocket Monsters 2 or whatever. And I assume they've released a few screenshots or designs or something. Was Togepi a surprise in Japan when this episode aired, or was it already known to exist? Was there a promotion that went on? Yeah, that's one question. That is. uh, okay, I think there had to be some kind of promotional thing that they were pushing. Um, maybe it was like you remember it used to go to like I guess it was EB Games before it was GameStop or something that you could go there and they would add Pokemon if a Pokemon. No, came that was not the case the in Gen One. Okay. This is okay. this is the debut of Togepi. I'm just wondering, like, was it known that Togepi existed, or was this like its first ever appearance anywhere? I don't know. If Austin, if you don't, I don't know, know, then we yeah. certainly don't. Yeah, know. The, yeah. If you don't know it, we, all you know, I know is we don't. When I watched this on Kids WB, I did. I was like, what the fuck is that thing? That's not a Pokemon. Because <laughs> at this point, the whole concept of there being new Pokemon is like unfathomable. Like that's never happened before, really. Now we have 900. So that's why the Pokédex has to be upgraded. Oh, for that one Pokémon. Mm-hmm. 
Don't even get me started. I know we've talked about this exhaustively, but the fact that the region professors apparently do not have any contact with each other and how they wouldn't have any idea of other Pokemon. It uh, doesn't make any sense. Ah. Yep. It, we don't, we're not, we haven't established the rules of the universe still 50 episodes in. 50 episodes <laughs> in. We haven't decided everything yet. Well, I mean, obviously real world logistics says, okay, they ob- they didn't exist, so you can't talk about them. But in, in the in-game logic, clearly they should have knowledge of each other and they should know that there's more Pokemon. Why couldn't they have just thrown in some arbitrary line of like, well, there's more you know, Pokemon out there, Ash, but you just need to concern yourself with the 150 in Kanto. We'll get to the others later. Like, why couldn't they have just said They're that? They're making it up as they go. They don't know. Ah, uh, it's so frustrating. Anyway, okay. we all go to the restaurant where we all speculate on what the egg is. Actually, no, I, I, I take it back. I take it back. Uh, Austin, wait. <laughs> he takes wait. it back. Okay, okay. I did. Wait. I am waiting. What? <laughs> you didn't talk Alex, about muck. Okay, You're going to be the heel. Okay, I have a note. I'm being my, the heel. My notes that says, <laughs> I relate to oak and muck. Because Muck is my foster dog and I am Oak. Muck was getting very up close and personal. <laughs> Which hey is now. the first time we've seen that, right? Um, it happened once briefly, but not to the extent not that it was the traditional. This was Muck attacking Oak. He's affectionately. I'm sorry. I, th- him. I love Oak is yeah, way I more. I mean, uh, Muck is way more Oak's Pokemon than he has Ashes at this oh, point. Yeah. I'm sorry to interrupt you so violently, Oh my gosh, Austin, okay. But... So, Muck exists. Muck. Muck's around. Yes. Thank you. <laughs> okay. It's so cute. I have an appreciation. I never appreciated Muck before, but the anime has that weird way of making you appreciate, you know, the underdog Pokemon. So, I think it's I just want to know what happened to Muck's child. Yeah. The, <laughs> the mysterious the baby Muck's Muck. child. <laughs> okay, I'm unfamiliar. Or did I miss We something? talked about this in the episode where Ash caught Muck. For some reason, they throw in a line that says, it's a muck. And they say, and it's child. And it's like, what? <laughs> and there's no child. <laughs> Could you imagine seeing that birth take place? Oh, my God. Just a bunch of climb running over and there's like a little head that pops out with eyeballs. Ew. Oh there was no yeah, muck I can child. go deeper. You mean to go further? There was no grimer on screen or anything like that. God. Could you imagine the afterbirth? Uh, well, it is the afterbirth. <laughs> it's the, the after secret origin of grimers. <laughs> Godly. Gross. The x-rays from the moon cr- make the afterbirth come to life. <laughs> Ew, okay. Uh, okay. Even though, as we now know, Pokemon only hatch from eggs, so there is no afterbirth. Anyway, Ugh, they go to the restaurant, and they have a map on the table, and I literally gasp, because like, oh my god, you guys are planning <laughs> destination! <laughs> the problem is they can't read the map. Apparently not, because um, Ash says, where to next? Misty says, well, we could head to Cinnabar Island and Cinnabar Gym, and I fucking wanted to applaud the screen. <laughs> okay. You got excited, too? Because yeah. I was like, I was jumping for joy. I'm like, finally, we've made it to a point where we can proceed. Yes. If only Oak had given... Misty's the I know, only if one. only Oak had given them a lecture, like, what the fuck are you doing? You need to go somewhere. <laughs> Get I your mean, ass in gear. Did. He said catch he more Pokemon, which he's always so obsessed about, but... Good lord. I mean, he's sort of trying to spur Ash into, well, maybe if you, you know, go new places, you'll find new Pokemon to catch kind of thing. Like, well, he hasn't caught any more Pokemon. Remember, he gets scolded for that, too. He hasn't caught exactly. any more Pokemon. He's not going for a gym. He's not doing anything. Uh, yeah. He's breaking up gang wars. <laughs> That's it. Yes. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, Pokemon. Oh, lord. This is a much better episode. Uh, 
So Misty says we could go to Cinnabar Island, Cinnabar Gym. Ash says, Cinnabar Gym. Uh, hey, Brock, when do you think that egg's gonna hatch? So he's clearly in no rush. <laughs> they we have a classic case here of avoidance. Yes, we do. He just, he, he's just scared. They, they all speculate on what the egg's going to hatch into. There's this weird moment where they think it's going to hatch into fully evolved Pokemon. Misty is the only one who thinks Mm-mm, that. Because Brock wants it to be a golem, even though he has a Geodude. Oh, that's right. Ash, Ash, well, is, Ash is the, Ash only is normal the rational one. one who thinks it could be an Aerodactyl. Which, by the way, makes the most sense considering where they found exactly. it. Exactly. Ash was the only one using his fucking head. That makes me think, was like Togepi like a, a fossil Pokemon as well? We know there's a Togepi dimension. That's all okay. I have to say about it. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I don't know. It came through an ultra wormhole. And... Austin, give us answers. Give I don't us know. answers. <laughs> it came from Generation 2. <laughs> Woo. Oh, goodness. Team Rocket are hearing about this. I guess this is the first time they're learning about the egg. I thought it was pretty clever that they misheard what they said. I think Jesse heard correctly that it was an Aerodactyl, but James misheard it as a dragon air. Aerodactyl. Get it? Oh, Ooh, yeah. yeah. I like that. Oh, oh, but they clever. get they get obsessed with the egg, and now they want the goddamn egg. So they become... Alice called them milkmaids, but the twerps refer to them as egg sellers. Where... They look like Dutch milkmaids, okay? Like... They were dressed up exactly. You know what? Side note, I googled Dutch milkmaid, and they were wearing the exact same so, thing. They... So... I, thought, I thought they were egg sellers. Easily. They were egg sellers, but they're dressed up like Dutch milkmaids. They didn't have egg seller costumes like a, at the store. I, I call back to, like, back in the day, you know, they used to deliver milk to your house. They used to deliver eggs, too. Oh, okay. That makes sense. Yeah. And the, Yeah, so that would be, I think that's what they were trying to portray there. So the, so the milkmaids are trying to sell the eggs, and the dwarfs are like, we already got an egg. And, they, and the milkmaids say, oh, we want to see the egg. So Brock removes Togepi's egg from under his shirt. Where did it <laughs> stop? Sorry. Where did the fucking thing come from? Because he, we saw him lift out. up his shirt and pull it out. Yes. Yeah. It's up there and nice and tight. Have, he didn't have a bulgy belly thing going on. Like, there wasn't any indication that he was keeping it in his shirt it's in his vest pocket that thing's gonna get smashed to a million pieces yeah how is he holding like how is it staying attached did he have like a does he have a velcro patch like attached to his skin and then he like velcroed the egg onto it like that's he's like a male seahorse and he has a pouch that's it (laughs) just grows naturally he's a marsupial (laughs) i was praying that we would see him carried around one of those baby carriers that you see with people like walking around the front i was like oh that'd been really funny to see but we don't get that. Uh, okay, so the, so the egg sellers throw the eggs everywhere, but they're fake eggs. And oh my god, the egg sellers are actually Team Rocket. They do their motto. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Oh my fucking god. They do the motto, but the Twitter aren't paying attention because they're looking at all the fake eggs, which like do comical things, like stick out tongues at them. That was cute. That was dumb, too. They, they were so dumb. <laughs> The, the patterns, too, were not even close to the original one. And they're, like, picking up ones that aren't, I don't know, incompetent to Ash and Friends again. So the twerp, or not twerps, um, Team Rocket escapes with the egg. And then we don't see the twerps for another full day. Because now we focus to Team Rocket. They're in a log cabin. Meowth is obsessed with this egg, and he's going to nurture and care for it. James wants to eat it. But Meowth, well, Meowth <laughs> has a new baby to take care of. So he 
takes baths with the egg. He puts a sleeping cap on it when they sleep for the night. It's kind of cute, I guess. He builds it a nest and he lays on it. Oh, yeah, it. he did do he's that. Like, he's like, he's like keep I'm going to warm it up with my body. Oh, my God, people. Still in my quotes in the middle of the... Sorry. <laughs> what is up? So they have had this egg for a full 18 hours before the twerps arrive on the scene. Apparently, Team Rocket left behind a trail of fake eggs, and the twerps have been frozen in place for an entire night before they took the chance to follow this trail. I have a question about this egg trail thing. Yes. So, when we see the... Okay, when they're dressed up as the, the Dutch egg sellers... They have the basket of eggs, which they throw at the twerps, and then there's a bunch of eggs all over the ground. I thought that they got rid of all the eggs then when they threw the baskets at them. So how is there a trail of eggs? Like, I don't understand. There's a trail of eggs where there's, like, one egg every four or five feet. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like, how? But I thought they got rid of their basket. So how are they dropping eggs behind them? Conspiracy theory time. Okay. Togepi's already hatched. But then he's... (laughs) Goes like a turtle and sinks his arm and head back in and just kind of reconnects and then is throwing these eggs out because it's already imprinted on someone else in the party. I'm going to I'm going to take off my tinfoil hat for that one. because That's not any good. (laughs) I think one of the members of Team Rocket is actually trying. They want to self-sabotage. They want the twerps to find them. I like it. So I think it was maybe overnight. All the eggs that were left in front of the restaurant. They can start to roll downhill in a single file line in a trail leading to Team Rocket. <laughs> they're they're the magnetic. Of that? They're magnetic. Okay, maybe. <laughs> they have a device they click that have all the eggs come back to them for future oh use. Oh, God. It makes no sense. I think they just want to self-sabotage. They want the conflict. They left the trail. I still want to know what the twerps are doing all night. They're at Jenny. Jen- Jenny planted these eggs. Jenny did did something good for once, maybe. I don't know. It doesn't make any goddamn sense. In the morning, James is making scrambled eggs. Meowth hits him with a frying pan. Out of the frying pan, into the drying pan. Ooh. (laughs) Uh, We have kind of a fun moment where the twerps spy on them in the morning through the windows, and they launch an assault through the window. Oh, my God. That's pretty awesome. Yeah, that was cool. I like when they switch roles like that. Chaos ensues. Weezing sends out a smoke screen everywhere, and we're all running around frantically. Geodude is smacking Jesse around, and Weezing's attacking Brock, and just madness. Madness, madness, madness. I thought it was fun. Austin, are you there still? Are you there, Austin? Frozen. <laughs> oh, God. Is it happening for you too, Jacob? Yeah, okay. I was making sure you were moving, because I was like, if you're froze, then I think we may have lost Austin. Chaos is ensuing in both the Pokemon anime and real life. Okay, so, like Austin was saying, chaos everywhere. Weezing does his smokescreen, and Ash and Misty and Brock throw their Pokemon through the window, glass breaking everywhere. Who did they call out? They called Geodude, Pidgeotto, and Staryu. Yep, and nobody gets cut. Everyone is... Right. Everyone's safe with the glass breaking. Yay! Oh, hey, Austin's back. Hooray! How are y'all? How are y'all doing? We're doing well. We, it was a chaotic moment. Mm-hmm. Okay. What, what did I miss? So, well, we're just saying how the Pokemon are flying around the cabin. There's glass breaking everywhere. 
Staryu is running into Jesse, Geodude's punching shit. We don't even know what's happening. In the chaos, the egg flies through the air and Ash dive bombs for it. Weezing looks on in horror as it gasps, watching the egg. Wait, who gasps? Weezing. Did you notice Weezing that? Yeah. <laughs> no. It was like black jawed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Ash misses the egg and it falls to the ground and shatters into a million pieces. Just kidding. Pikachu grabs it. Pikachu saves the Pikachu day. Way to go, Pikachu. Toby. Then, to- like, the world shifts as the egg starts to hatch, and a mysterious sound emerges from it, and waves of energy pulsate as everyone stares at it in shock. Then Misty barges in and says, let me fucking see it. And she shoves that to the side, <laughs> and she grabs the egg as it hatches into Togepi. Hooray! Hooray! Togepi's finally made its appearance. I hope we're looking forward to a lot of Togepi. Yep. Okay, good. Oh, boy. So then... What? I don't know. I lost track of my notes. So then... A tournament. They, Yes, they have a tournament to decide, because it's not enough that it's already hatched, and... Misty was the first thing that it saw. Now they all decide who's going to end up keeping it. So they decide to have a sudden death battle tournament. Yes, that Team Rocket's not allowed to be a part of, thanks to Meowth. Because he says that, that was so they were dumb. useless. He freaking, like, nerfed their chances. Like, instead of having all three of them compete with actual Pokemon, Meowth had to open his big stupid mouth. And he's like, well, you didn't do anything to take care of it. So you can't be a part of it. They theoretically had a 50-50 shot of it with Jesse and James. Right? Yeah, yeah. They double their... Yeah. So they almost... Dumbass me out. I don't... He's self-sabotaged. <laughs> I also... He's probably the one that laid the eggs. Yeah. <laughs> I love the fact that the twerps go along with this. Like, literally all Team Rocket has to do is show up and be like, I took care of that egg after we stole it. And the twerps are like, oh, well, we better give you a fair shot of having it. Yeah, they yeah, entertain right. this. <laughs> they just want to battle. I guess. So they all go to an outdoor amphitheater that they find and print out a tourney chart with their little faces on it. So That was cute. They put a lot of effort into this. I don't know what's going on anymore. Our various matches are Meowth versus Brock and Misty versus Ash for the first round yes. of the tournament. Which leads to an amazing moment where Meowth realizes he doesn't have any Pokemon. So Jesse and James, could they lend them theirs? They say no. So Meowth realizes, oh my god, he is a Pokemon. <laughs> <laughs> this might have been one of the greatest this is a top great like, sequence. ten anime yeah. moments. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because Brock sends out Onyx. Um, and you would oh, think boy. that would leave Meowth as a furry smear on the stage. But instead, Meowth is ordering Meowth to go into battle and use Scratch Attack. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he this is a whole trainer. Part- this whole part was amazing. He's like jumping back and forth between being the trainer and then being the Pokemon. He's like, Meowth, use Scratch. Okay, Meowth. And then he like jumps into battle. Perfect. I'm trying to play some mind games here. My favorite one was when he's on the ground in pain and he jumps back as the trainer and is like, get up, Meowth. <laughs> get up, get up. Then he comes back to the, the Pokemon and he's like, okay. <laughs> oh my god uh, okay. he noticed that someone has amazing. left two buckets of water on the side of the stage so he grabs them throws them on onyx which make a hyper whirlpool spin attack of hydro hydro att- launching on onyx yeah i said that really weird that leaves onyx vulnerable to meow's fury swipes and Meowth best onyx poor onyx was like yelling in pain and like flailing around and then 
ugh, somehow that's enough to take it All down. you gotta do is get a little wet and it's down for the count. Yeah. Can we, okay, to that point, can we talk about how that does anything at all? Like, why does regular water have any effect on Pokemon? Like, shouldn't it be, I could understand water Pokemon because you would think, okay, their water has special properties that could damage a rock Pokemon. But no, it's just two buckets of rainwater. How does that, I, I don't understand how that has effect on rock types but. is it so you're saying like regular water has more effect than like a pokemon's a water pokemon it shouldn't or? that's what i'm saying it okay should not. it shouldn't yeah that's more than a common theme though yeah like a squirtle okay you would think hypothetically like a squirtle they're using water as an attack like their water that they're creating would have special properties that could damage a rock pokemon makes sense mm-hmm. but actual water that exists in nature like Rain, like, okay, we've had several instances of this. The rain for Charmander's tail causing adverse effects. That time Rhyhorn drowned in the lake or whatever. Yes, during Mm -hmm. the race. That's right. The the sprinkler system in Brock's gym, that's how Pikachu won against it. But the sunken ship, though, when the ship's underwater, it doesn't seem that afraid. It was inside. It had the biggest staircase. Yes. But they had the leak. Okay, yeah. They had to make a staircase. When it has an objective, it's not affected by the, the properties of water. Okay. That makes sense. I think they just pick and choose. Does it have an effect on the episode? Can we accomplish our goal here? Yes. They just want to meow the win. Yeah, that's it. Um, Ash versus Misty is next, and it's their first battle since episode seven, I believe. And <laughs> which they remark upon Misty sends out. Not Staryu, she sends out Psyduck, and Ash sends out Bulbasaur, who licks Psyduck into commission, and then tickles him, which causes Psyduck to have a Pokeball mechanics moment, Alex. It recalls itself back into the ball. That was amazing. It doesn't wander over to the ball and press the button and go inside. It magically becomes the red light and swooshes back over to it. Can we... Okay, so backing up just a little bit. So... Ash and Misty, when they when they go onto the field, Ash calls out Bulbasaur or whatever. Misty goes to call Staryu, mm-hmm. but can never do it in time. Like, Staryu doesn't even attempt to come out. No. It's always Psyduck interrupting. And then Ash does say something to the effect of, like, you can't recall a Pokemon back once you've already, like, picked it. But I was like, Misty didn't choose Psyduck. So, I just feel like that's Comedy. It's on the playing field. <laughs> Yeah. Well, maybe Misty shouldn't take her time and be like, and for my next opponent, I will select my Pokemon, my beautiful <laughs> Radiant Staryu. Maybe you should just throw yeah. the ball without saying anything, and that way Psyduck won't Don't, don't announce that yeah. she's in a battle. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That's why Psyduck's coming out, because it hears her voice, presumably, and it's like, I'm out! Yeah, I'm out of here. That's a good point. Doesn't she also say something about trying to get its headache worse or something like that? And Ash is like, yeah, like, i try that. That was a good moment, actually, where... Misty yells out, come on, Bulbasaur, attack Psyduck's head. And Ash is like, yeah, like, I'm that dumb. Oh, yeah, you <laughs> so He kind of just calls out her strategy. So he just, ha- like, un- like tickles it into the mission and after licking it. Interesting. I've seen that porn. Oh, my God. <laughs> that leads us to Meowth versus Ash. Ash selects Pikachu. Meowth selects Meowth. Meowth is going <laughs> to win this battle because as a parent w- fighting for its child, Pikachu shocks the fucking bejesus out of him. 
<laughs> oh, but the but the way he does it, he doesn't. Ash doesn't even call an attack or anything. No, that was Pikachu. That was Pikachu's initiative. <laughs> yeah, Pikachu. So Meowth is having his monologue. He's like, "I'm gonna, you know, take care of Togepi and live happily ever after." Pikachu, meanwhile, has made his way over to Meowth, turns around, puts his tail onto Meowth, on his face. and then just says, "On his face," and just is like. Pikachu, and then shocks the ever-living <laughs> shit out of him with no input from Ash whatsoever. I love him. Pikachu's he just knew what to dick. do. Oh, my God. <laughs> I love their rivalry. It's amazing. And you know what? To be fair, Meowth then does accept his loss gracefully. Jesse and James drag him away. Yeah, they're just like, oh, well, Meowth tried, and then they leave. So I was like, okay, they didn't try to contest this. So, so Togepi is now ashes but togepi's like every time it's looking at someone who isn't misty it kind of just stares at them until misty comes over and it's like okay i want misty so it's following misty around the pokedex all of a sudden now has new information on togepi and reveals that togepi imprints on whoever it sees first as its mother so now misty is going to keep togepi out and about for a long time it's the Pokedex learns in real time. I guess is so. What we got from what we got from this. It's new That's voice. What the it, did. It's become sentient again. It's, <laughs> it's making actually, shit up as yeah. it sees it. <laughs> it's alive. <laughs> so I have a question. I'm going to pose a question to the group here. Mm-hmm. If so, based on everything we know about the Togepi situation, so Ash being the one to originally find it, Brock being the one to then take care of it, even though he, you know, technically stole it right out of Ash's hands. And then Misty being the one who just happened to be who Togepi saw first. Who do you think has the most rightful claim to being a trainer? After Togepi oh, that's hatches. part of my... Um, Sorry. Oh. I was going to say, that's my part of my LVP MVP. Okay. Thing. Oh, okay. Okay, we'll yeah. save the All thought right. for yeah. that. Austin, Austin, what about you? I think after Togepi hatches, it has to go to Misty because it selected her. It made that choice on its own. Before the egg hatched, but she was just yeah. It, that was just happenstance. It just happened that way. Yeah. Before the egg hatched, Brock, because he's okay. the one who actually cared for the damn thing, um, even though he was he fucking stole it from Ash. But you know he what? Stole it right out of his. But hands. you know what? Ash stole it from nature in the first place, so he doesn't True. get it and, rightfully either. <laughs> so m- Brock. But remember, we agreed it was a Finding Nemo situation because the explosion probably <laughs> got rid of all the other eggs. So. There is argument there that maybe Ash did them a favor, or did Togepi a favor here? I, you know what, I'm gonna, so Jacob, I know you're saving your thoughts. I'm gonna also agree my own personal opinion is Brock, just because he spent the most time with it. Right. Okay. Even though he stole it, but he seemed like he would be, he's supposed to be a breeder, that's his whole That's thing, true, so. he does get an egg later. Mm-hmm. Yes. But because of Misty's split second decision to knock Ash out of the way, she gets the Togepi. <laughs> that's how it all ends up. And that concludes that episode of Who Gets Togepi. All right, now let's move into our LVP and our MVP and our quotes. The randomizer has spoken, and it is you, Austin, mm-hmm. followed by myself, and then Alex. God. You're the last one to go. Okay, this will be a challenge. I don't think I even have an LVP. My MVP is going to be Pikachu for, nice. first of all, catching Pikachu during the chaos. Wait, he caught himself? Sorry, for catching Togepi's egg <laughs> during the chaos. He caught himself up in that moment. He caught himself a good little egg. I don't know. Good job, Pikachu. And then for his impish <laughs> moment of 
fucking over Meow. That was great. I don't have an LVP off the top of my head, but I will give it to Psyduck because he popped out twice when he was not wanted either time. And usually that's to the advantage of someone, like the last episode. But in this episode, he just caused chaos and he delayed Misty's inevitable winning of the Togepi. So I'll give it to him. Okay. All right. uh, my quote will be Ash, when they're following the completely inexplicable trail of eggs, Ash says, Wow, they're dumb, aren't they? Leaving us a trail of broken eggs. And Brock says, If they're so dumb, how come they're the ones who have the egg? That was pretty good. good. Point, Brock. Yeah. Dang it. <laughs> All right. Was no, that yours? That was that was one of mine I wrote down. Uh. Yeah. All right. Well, I guess I'll go next. And I'm actually going to start with the quote. And I just thought it was funny. My quote is also from Meowth for this episode. And it was mentioned a little bit earlier. But it's the only one I got that wasn't taken. So I'm going to go with when Meowth talks about the, taking care of the egg. And he goes, I will warm it with my body. I was like, good for you, Meowth. Way to be creative there with your heat sources. <laughs> and then... My LVP, I'm going to give it to James. Because when they first get the egg, he is so adamant about eating it that I was like, come on. Uh, I don't know. I was like, this is a Pokemon here. Why would you want to eat it like that? Can I just interject real quick? Yeah. Because to, to James's, you know, I, I don't know. I kind of relate to him because we, we had an episode where it's shown that chronic starvation is a real problem in the Pokemon universe. <laughs> So, I'm sorry, we did? What was that? When? The Snorlax oh, episode when everybody okay, was starving. Okay. Uh, was and... that just that town, though, or was that just like an overall? No, it was Ash and it was the Twerps, too, because they were like, we haven't had anything to eat in like a day and a half well, that's, or whatever. That's, that's their own fault, because they're not following the map to the gyms. If they follow the map <laughs> to the gyms, they're stopping by cities left and right to replenish themselves. So that's their own doing, I think, with the well, uh, starvation. Just, I, I, I think there's a problem with like supply chain in this in this country because they're always chronically hungry come on ours or theirs there's a huge wealth disparity problem Everywhere. there's like a Everywhere. like a one percent out of control situation in Kanto. it's kind of a, a parallel to real life yeah, but, it is you know team rocket's always chronically hungry they're always poor and can't afford any food so i feel bad for james all he he wants to be practical he's like i'm hungry i want to eat so maybe it could it could have been a far-fetched egg they could have eaten that yeah yeah well, anyway, we'll move on to my, my MVP. And this is going to go to what you are talking about. Who deserves the egg before it hatched? Now, my opinion about this is it should have went to, actually should have went to Meowth. Because if we, if we see what he does with that egg and how much he actually cares and nurtures for it, then I think he deserved it. Because remember earlier, we have Brock carrying around inside his shirt. Okay, and that thing could have been easily crushed or... Something could have easily happened to it. When you see Meowth, you see him setting up a place for it to rest, nurture it. He's already got a food supply set up for it for when it hatches. He's taking care of this thing. So my overall, th kudos to my MVP goes to Meowth, and kudos to him for actually taking better care of the egg than any of the twerps ever did. And that's who, hmm. in my opinion, should have gotten the egg. Interesting assessment. Even though they stole it and that, they had it for all of, like, what? Everyone stole that egg. There was a line of succession of stealing yeah, that egg. <laughs> there's lots True. of... Nobody was in the right. It's like in that movie with Nicolas Cage where he steals the baby and they take better care of it. There's that argument at the end, like, well, the baby was kind of better off with them than he was with the other people, but... 
Makes you think. Questions of morality. Mm-hmm. Ooh. Interesting. Okay. All right. I guess uh, I'll start with LVP. Uh, I'm going to go with Misty. Oh. Just being... <laughs> I guess back to this whole argument of, like, who deserves the egg or whatever, which, you know, like I said, I agree that if they're going to have the egg, I mean, Ash should have never taken it, but, you know, Brock did kind of designate himself. It should have gone to Brock, but Misty at the last minute like strong arms her way in between Ash and Brock and snatches it right out from under their nose. And she's like, I'm the trainer now, basically. And she's always mean to Psyduck too. So every time she's mean to Psyduck, she gets a little demerit point in my mind. She was mean to Psyduck. So did, okay, MVP. Did somebody pick me out already or no? Yeah, that was mine. My MVP. Oh, you picked me out? Yeah. Uh, God. Okay. Um, oh, I know who you should pick. Who? Uh, I'm going to type it in the chat. I'm struggling this, these two episodes. <laughs> That's <laughs> a good one. <laughs> okay, okay. Austin comes in with the save again for me. I'm going to pick Buck. <laughs> I went on and picked him, but I thought you should. <laughs> You're on fire with the MVPs today, Austin. Yeah, exactly. I'm going to default to you from now on, Austin, if I, I can't can think your of somebody. MVP for you. Yes. I mean, Muck is cute. He's underrated. He gives Oak trouble, and Oak deserves it. He needs to be kept on his toes. So. <laughs> Plus, I know this is far off, but Alolan Muck is really cool looking. Mm-hmm. So, a future MVP shout out to Alolan Muck. God, okay, quote. Let's see. Probably back at the beginning, towards the beginning of the episode, where when Team Rocket's dressed up as the waiters and they're eavesdropping on the twerps at the restaurant, Jesse says, can you imagine when the boss hears that we've captured a Pokemon? And Meow said, he'll be shocked. And then James jumps in and says, don't forget, we haven't even succeeded in capturing that one little Pikachu from those kids. We have a proud tradition of failure to uphold. (laughs) Oh, Mr. Optimistic. (laughs) James being real. Yep, keeping it real. He's being realistic in what they can and can't do, so. Good deal. Does anyone else have any closing thoughts for this episode? For this episode, I'd just like to note, it really threw me when we saw Jesse with a long sleeve shirt. When, when, when they were in the cabin, uh, doing like their going to, going to sleep kind of stuff and having breakfast and stuff. But she had a long sleeve shirt on and it took me forever to realize she always has a long sleeve shirt on. She just wears her, like, really long gloves over them. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Really? Yeah, it, it oh, blew my that's mind. That's attention to detail uh, right I ne- there, Austin. I never yeah. noticed that before. Hmm. That, that's it. Wow. I think that's the most I've ever talked about Jessie on this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> she deserves more recognition. I, I think she's like. going to get it in the future. Yeah, good. good. Uh, my closing thought is that Meowth deserves the egg. I know, stick to that. What about you, Alex? Anything? I was going to say, I feel bad for Onyx. Yeah, Onyx always gets gypped a little with how it loses its battle battles. You would think, like, I guess, I don't know, Brock, I guess he's he was pretty cocky going into the battle because he's like, you know, do you surrender? It's <laughs> like, how could Meowth ever, <laughs> how could he ever think to win? How could he ever have any hope to win? And maybe it was Brock's own, you know hubris cockiness that yeah his hubris that got the better of him you know what actually i'm gonna retroactively apply my (laughs) lvp to brock because he's he got too full of himself so for the record your lvp is brock 
Are you keeping like a running tally or something? Maybe. Oh, I haven't quite done it yet, but I might in the future if I get really bored. Oh God. We take some data. Yeah, I am trying to figure out who our LVP would be. If it would be Jenny or would be Brock. That, like our yeah, ultimate look at the LVP. main cast. Yeah, yeah look <laughs> the at the main cast LVP. and see the frequency of which one occurs. Yeah. I think Jenny's been, actually, she's been the most frequently mentioned LVP. Every time she's been in an episode, I think she's been the LVP. I gave her MVP at least once. Yeah. You know what? Okay, you know what? I'm gonna, I am going to give it officially LVP. I'm going to go back and change it to Brock. Okay. Okay. You cut out for a second. Sorry. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> it was like a suspenseful moment. <laughs> it was like, uh, who is it? I'm going to change it. Yep. <laughs> Brock. All right. Next week, we're not doing the Japanese airing order. We're doing the dub order, which is Bulbasaur's Mysterious Garden and Case of the K9 Capers. Ooh. Exciting. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, y'all have that forward uh, to look forward to next week. And thank you all for listening. Be sure to leave us a five-star rating. And if you have any questions or comments for the show, be sure to send them to outofthedryingpan at gmail.com. That's outofthedryingpan at gmail.com. And be sure to follow us on Twitter at Out of Drying Pan. Again, our handle is Out of Drying Pan. And be sure to join us next time as the journey continues. <laughs>